empowered people make informed decisions that lead to living a life without regret. This is Sarah Kaki and Shauna Woods from Atlanta Divorce Law Group, and this is the Happily Ever After Divorce Podcast. Welcome to the Happily Ever After Divorce Podcast. I'm Sarah Kaki with Atlanta Divorce Law Group, joined by our managing partner, Shauna Woods. Shauna, welcome. Hi, Sarah. All right, so this topic today, we're going to use the term emasculination or demasculination. We're going to use them interchangeably, but really the idea, the concept, and the way we're defining these words for the purpose of this conversation is the idea of disempowering or attacking the masculine characteristics or the masculine energy or the masculine source of power Mm -hmm. in order for a feminine energy or a feminine characteristic to feel more safe. And this could sound very foreign and very kind of out there unless we bring bring it down and explain it a little bit more. Specifically, Shauna, what I have in mind when I'm talking, when I'm thinking about this concept, I'm thinking about a woman who considers herself more in the feminine space and the feminine gender role mm-hmm. and feels out of control or doesn't feel safe with a very powerful male that is very much in a masculine characteristic. Mm -hmm. And so they look for ways subconsciously, I believe very often subconsciously to demasculinate their husband or their partner Mm -hmm. so that they can feel more safe. And that's sort of in my world, that's how it shows up. Perhaps you have a strong male character Mm-hmm. And that it can feel threatening to a woman mm-hmm. and they'll find ways to either manipulate or put them down or insult, insult him with words. Because, you know, when you're very much and when we're talking about masculine versus feminine, masculine is more physically powerful, right. whereas feminine is more from a stereotypical place, more delicate. Mm-hmm. So the feminine has the words, perhaps. And they put, they want to put down the male in order to feel more safe and feel more um, secure and feel more in control and in power. Mm-hmm. And in the marriage, that usually ends up creating a very dysfunctional and toxic marriage where the man has gone through possibly years of demasculination to the point they don't trust their wives or they don't trust their woman. And That's where we see a lot of times cheating occurring, right? where a man goes and finds a girlfriend or has an affair, not that it's validated because they were not that it's okay, that behavior is okay, but this, these are the symptoms, right? Right. And finds a woman that admires his masculinity and honors his masculinity and Mm -hmm. praises it and looks to it, the safety and security. And the man feels needed and feels he can express his masculinity in this other person where they can't find that at home. And then we get to see a marriage fall apart. And a lot of times these things really go back to a process of safety, a woman needing to feel safe and using demasculation or emasculation to bring their husband down in order to feel safe. And in the process, crushing the thing inside the husband that I could actually make a woman feel safe, which is that masculine energy. That was deep. <laughs> it's deep. Let's deconstruct that. <laughs> Let's get into it. One of the things I think we both want to be very clear on is that, you know, 
both genders have the masculine and feminine Absolutely. in them. And when we're talking about demasculization, it is oftentimes we're talking about it in the male, right? Because yep. that's where it happens most is the demasculization because of these safety spaces, right? And we do want all women to feel safe, especially in their homes. Right. You know, we're not talking about when men are physically abusive. We are not talking about when they're emotionally abusive. We're talking about the female, for whatever reason, who has been raised where she doesn't feel safe in a male society and therefore doesn't want it around her. Mm-hmm. And doesn't do the therapy or the self-work, the self-awareness that we always preach in order to feel safe, mm-hmm. you know, with the person she's chosen, right? And and then therefore has to tear that down. And in the essence of tearing that down really doesn't satisfy and become feel safe, right? Because that's not, it doesn't feel safe to be able to tear something down, right? right? And so... I don't know if it makes them feel powerful or in control. Mm -hmm. And I think that might be the dynamic is that's the only way they can feel like they're in control. And, you know, I have deep sense of empathy for women who find themselves doing demasculinating or emasculinate because it is, I believe, not conscious in most women. I don't believe it's intentional. I personally have been, done a lot of personal work on myself and worked with somebody by the name of Alison Armstrong, if anybody wants to look her up, to work on this for myself and in my marriage. Because for most of history, women have fought for their power. They've right. fought for equality and they have fought to vote. They have fought for to be able to work. In some countries, they're still not allowed to drive, right? right. They fought for equal wage. And that in the 1970s changed dramatically when we came to the workforce. And now all of a sudden, after hundreds of years of women not being at the table, not being in, you know, in powerful places, they are now in the workforce and they're trying to navigate through that. And it's a lot of catching up from an evolutionary standpoint, right? We're talking about a, a... uh, a gender and a sex that when you took over a country, you took their women, right. women got raped. Right. right. And that was part of the deal. And not nothing odd about that. That was just, just the history of most of these grand empires. So I think there's a lot of evolutionary history there for women about feeling safe with a man. Right. I don't think so. so we haven't necessarily, and I think it's important that we take, the shame away for women about the emasculination and demasculination process. Mm-hmm. Cause we are reacting to a lot of evolutionary DNA here of even the cave woman who, when the caveman was out, she had to worry about another caveman coming in and not hitting her over the head and hurting her or taking her away or places where there was like when the colonists came into the country and like Chesapeake Bay, the men came, there was a shortage of women. <laughs> So when the first women came, imagine a boat of like 10 women coming to a colony that was colonized by a hundred men. Mm-hmm. What do we think happened to these women? Yeah. Right? So men controlling women, overpowering women with government, with corporate structures, mm-hmm. 
but in a very basic and raw place with their physical body has been a really real thing. And that's the DNA we've inherited from our mothers, right? Of being a little scared, being a little careful, being a little protective, even being a little bit manipulative in order to protect ourselves and navigate through that man's world. But in the 1970s, when we came to the workforce, the way we kind of learned to regain our power without that physical strength was through emasculinating and demasculinating. And what does that look like? Well, it looks like a woman that takes on very strong masculine characteristics in order to feel more powerful, feel more control, mm-hmm. to send the message that, hey, I'm in charge, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, a woman that possibly puts down men verbally, a woman that, you know, tries to bring a man to accept more feminine attributes or feminine characteristics so that the woman can feel more safe. Mm-hmm. And in that process, like I said, we we lose a source of power ourselves because these things are happening a lot of times unconsciously and we're not even aware of them. And not until we become aware of them are we able to change them. But to Shauna's point, women do this even to each other because gender Absolutely. is a construct. So there's women that have very masculine traits and another woman may not feel safe around a woman with very masculine traits and have the need to put them down, have the need to, you know, insult them or find ways to not bring them into a conversation and go around them Mm -hmm. just so that they can overpower them. Shauna, being a woman that has accomplished a lot in your lifetime and been a single mom, Right. Right. And you're a manager, managing partner of a growing law firm. And it's not your first rodeo doing that. (laughs) So how has this played out for you where you're showing up with this wanting to a be protect yourself as a woman in a Uh since the time you started this industry, it's changed a lot. But there's a lot more men in the game back then. But finding being balancing your femininity as you've had so many masculine um, traits built into you in order to make it as far as you've had. Yeah. And I do like the idea of we're talking about masculine and feminine, which again, we both have, both genders have, Mm -hmm. right. And and sometimes it shows, I have always felt I have a dual masculine feminine to me. And I really do feel like that really came from just growing up in a very misogynistic culture, you know, being from the 70s, being raised in a small town, being raised in the religion that I was, the males were celebrated, the females were not, right? Your your females were, you, you are in subjection, you stay home. So I really felt like I developed a, a duality, but really my masculine came out a lot, not only did I have to have the A in the class, I had to have the highest A in the class. I had to not just become an attorney. I had to become a managing partner. Mm-hmm. Right? Very competitive. Very competitive. Very assertive. Very much as Have many, to be in charge. Very much have to be in charge. <laughs> and a lot of my male colleagues and friends had always said, well, Shauna's one of more of the guys than the guys are. Mm-hmm. Right? I always let that show up for me. Right? And... It, to sometimes my detriment, because I am very strongly female, you know, very proud of being feminine. I, you know, embrace my femininity, but I do feel like that sometimes because of the way I show up, because of the 
And I don't mean this in a, oh, look at me way, but because of the power that I can bring to a room, that if you're showing up, showing up strongly female, even I may scare you. Yeah. Right. And, and, and I've been told that before is like, I'm a little frightened. And it took me a long time to go, oh, I need to tone down my masculinity. But it was me realizing that. Yes. Right. And, and knowing that it's about toning it down so they feel safe. Right. Yeah. And it, it's not toning it down so that they're, you're making them comfortable with who you are. No. It's so that they can feel safe in order so you guys can engage and communicate and exactly. work together and collaborate. Exactly. And knowing that. But, you know, I'm fortunate, you know, to to have had a lot of study in this aspect to have come from where I've come from. You know, when when males show up strongly masculine, you know, and we want them to, don't mm-hmm. we? I mean, absolutely, absolutely admire, you know, when males stro- show up strongly masculine, a lot of times they don't feel like they can, you know, uh, uh, with strong feminine people, they don't feel like they can, you know, approach that head on and saying, hey, can you tone it down? Yeah. Or the males don't realize maybe I need to turn it down a little bit. And I think that's where we're talking about this demasculinization occurring because it feels like you have to undercut the masculine. I, right? Undercut the masculine is the phrase. And this is how it shows up in marriages that we see right. in front of our table a lot. We have a um, woman that can come to us and say, you know, he doesn't open the door for me. He doesn't pull uh-huh. out the chair for me. He does never takes charge and plans anything. Uh-huh. I just don't feel like, you know, I have a man in my corner. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying this is the every case, but a lot of times when you go back and you uncover that, it's like, when did he, did he ever try or even give subtle hints and did you undercut it? Right. Did you insult it? Did right. you poke fun at it? Or do you, when you speak to him, are you, is your math, you stepping so hard into the masculinity that there's no room for him to be masculine? Mm-hmm. And he's now like, okay, I'm stepping back. You're man enough for both of us. <laughs> and I think the thing is, if you're okay with that, right? If that's the marriage you want, no problem. But I'm more speaking to the heart of a woman who yearns for, I want a man, or right. I want my husband to be a man, or has now found themselves like to the other side of the coin of the other example we gave earlier, found themselves having a relationship with another man outside mm-hmm. of her marriage to find this. Right. It's like, we need to find the cause to the symptom because this is a symptom. And a lot of times it might not even be you that demasculated de- or emasculated. It could have been his mother. Right. Right. Like myself as a, the mother of a almost two year old and a nine year old, I find it very important for me to watch to not demasculate them. Like Rami, my nine-year-old, when we go to the airport, he wants to take my luggage. I know he's going to do a terrible job. My luggage is going to fall 50 times before <laughs> it makes it to security. I'm going to let him, mom, can I get your, I'm not going to kill that in him. Yeah. Mom, can I get that for you? I'm not going to kill that in him. Sure. Absolutely. You're my little hero. That's where we find ourselves today. Like fast forward to today. Women have such a hard time today saying a man is their hero. Uh-huh. Or a man can come and be their charming prince that saves them from the dragon. Like we've been so, we've worked so hard to undo some of those things, to undo, you know, the man coming in and sweeping off your feet. We've taught our girls now, you don't need a man. You're, you know, you go girl, 
right? You don't need him anyway. You can raise your children by yourself, which you did beautifully. But but we've done a lot of this work now to, to strengthen our girls. And we have the term lady boss, girl boss. I know, I, I don't love, it's like nails on a chalkboard. Yeah, I hate those terms. What has that done? So part of what I think the the terminology, and I'm going to address the terminology since that was the last thing you let on, is when you say lady boss or girl boss, why do we have to put those pronouns or those identifiers in front of boss? Why can't it just be the boss? And I think that's part of why, you know, when you show up and you feel like you need to put on the masculine because somebody's telling you, if you don't, you're going to have an identifier that just identified you as lady boss, Mm -hmm. right? Instead of just boss. Right. And I think that allowing ourselves to feel the masculine in ourselves, but also allowing our feminine to come out. And again, this is about if that's what you want. Right. Right. Because if it's not what you want, this conversation is not for you. That's fine. And we're we're cool with that. Right. But we're talking about when you show up and you're like, and I'll admit this is something I personally struggle with being so, you know, in charge in all of my life is toning that down and allowing someone to open a door for me. When I first moved to the South, I remember I was walking, it was just with a friend of mine and he would run to the door and I'm like, what are you doing? And I'd start laughing. He says, you never let somebody grab the door. And that hit me. Mm -hmm. And I was like, okay, you're showing me appreciation. You're showing me love, you know, for lack of a better term, by this is what you want to do. Right. You're showing me I can get this for you. It's not that I can't get this myself. I can open a door, but it is nice when somebody holds it for you. And I think that's that's who this is for. It's somebody who's not getting the results they want and they're not clear. They're not understanding why. And I think there was a phase in my marriage that I felt that way. I felt like I was not getting the results I want. I worked harder and harder. And it was like, actually, you need to work less hard. You need to surrender and Oof. you need to surrender so he can come in. You're not leaving room for anybody to come in. You're not, you're getting the door so fast. Nobody else can even come and get the door metaphorically. Right. Right. And that is a hard thing for strong women like yourselves to even, I mean, you heard me that word surrender just, it, it, it's so vulnerable. Yeah. But cause we're a generation that's coming from, we are immediate generation that's coming from mothers who worked hard to even get to that table or get into the jobs. Mm -hmm. So we are the first generation that got the opportunities. There was no, there was nobody that was going to tell me you can't go to law school because you're a woman, right? Mm -hmm. There's nobody that's going to say, you know, this law firm doesn't take women in in, in there, right? So we didn't have that. That's where our moms come from. Mm -hmm. And they trained us so much on their side of the pendulum so that we didn't, we didn't have any of their insecurities coming in to the point that I think our generation is so much more prone to demasculinate, emasculinate. Like, let's just look at pop culture or just current right. culture. For the women, we have terms that you and I both can't stand, like lady boss, girl boss. Why do we need to even put a gender to the word boss? I'm no, I, I don't understand. And, you know, concepts like you go girl, you don't need them anyway. And, right. uh, and our icons like Michelle Obama, Oprah Winfrey, Wonder Woman, I could go on and on and on. What's the message for boys? The most recent one I hear is toxic masculinity. 
Mm-hmm. And I, that's a real thing for sure. I'm not devaluating that, but that's it. Like, that's really what, who's their hero right now? Who's their spokesperson that's saying, you know, you are as a male, you know, in a masculine energy, you are powerful. You can protect, you can provide. You know, I, I think that there are out there. They're definitely, we can take the counterparts to the people that you yeah. mentioned and say, well, they definitely, and that's interesting because when you think about couples, mm-hmm. right? Michelle was married to a president. Yes. <laughs> that did happen. Oprah, while not married, does have a counterpart that she considers, I would hope, an equal. Yeah. Right? And for these women, they're showing up, they're, the the counterpart may not be as celebrated, right, it, it, as far as the masculinity, but I understand what you're saying. It's, it's, it's hard because the pendulum does swing. Yeah. And I think one of the, I wrote this paper, I just remembered this, Sarah, it's so funny, in English class, first year of college, and I had a male teacher who said, you got it wrong, and I'm like, no, I didn't. <laughs> Because we were talking about equality among the sexes. And I wrote this entire paper that said equality among the sexes does not mean that we are equal. It means we are equitable. Yes. And he was like, you're getting it wrong. I was like, no, you're getting it wrong. Yeah. Because I'm not a male. I don't want to be a male. I have things to offer that are sometimes in the same you know, in the, in the same firm, yeah, I can do a better job than, than my male counterparts. Sometimes they can do a better job than me. But for those who want that kind of a relationship with both the male and female in it, you have to learn to surrender your masculinity as a woman. Yeah. Right. And that's okay. And being okay with that. I think that's exactly the point is this, what does this equality mean? Exactly. Because To me, there is just as much power in the feminine as there is in the Mm -hmm. masculine. That power just looks different. Yeah. The the masculine has the power of the assertiveness. If it's in the male body, it has the physical form. You know, Mm -hmm. it's just God or universe or whatever you believe in. The creator of that body created it differently than the female body. Mm -hmm. That's just science. It has, like we said, assertiveness. It has a sense of being in charge. It has a deeper, louder voice, right? Right. It physically does. The female has this incredible power of influence through her charm and through her mystery and through her femininity. Right. And intuition. And her intuition. Oh, my God. And I could go on and on where that intuition comes from, truly from an evolutionary standpoint. Exactly. Because they were hunting. While they were hunting and they physically had the form to hunt and the focus, the single focus on one thing that I'm going to take down, I'm going to take that elk down. That's the only thing I see. And I'm going to physically be able to do that versus the female gathering Mm -hmm. and the intuition that kicked in that that's a bad berry. Mm -hmm. That's a bad bush or the intuition of I'm not safe because the woolly mammoth or the caveman next door might come and hurt me Mm -hmm. or the ability to communicate Talk, 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 talk. It's a lot of chitter chatter about it all comes from a lot of work I've done with Alison Armstrong. Of This is a good bush for the berries, a bad bush. for the, We share this information, the sharing that men are missing. 
Right. The that masculine gut, is missing that, that gut that feeling. Yes. Yeah. It's so much power in all that for women. And we bring that when we come to the workforce. I mean, we had a, a diversity inclusion workshop here at Atlanta Divorce Law Group last week. And that that's what the feminine has to bring to the table. And in order to just squash that feminine side in order to feel powerful in the male side, you the workforce is missing on this beautiful gift of the feminine. Mm-hmm. And we are also losing a beautiful for energy and power of the masculine when we demasculate and masculine and don't make it okay for men to be able to express or even for women to express their masculine energy. Right. And, you know, expressing masculine energy doesn't always have to show up as you demasculate or emasculate with somebody. True masculine energy in its beauty is it protects and it provides. Exactly. I would say if anybody wants to learn more about this, the, the again, the person I would say to follow for this is Alison Armstrong. Shauna, do you have any recommendations? I actually don't have any recommendations on this particular. I do know that there are a lot of coaches yeah. who talk about this, who talk about how women can deconstruct both their masculine and their feminine and what works better for them. Yeah. Right. And I think you have to do a lot of work on yourself to say, this is who I am. Mm-hmm. Right. And none of, neither one of these qualities are bad qualities. It's just learning to live with both of them and letting everyone be masculine and feminine. And I think that for the women that are listening to this, that have are powerful, professional women, and that is truly most of the clients at um, Atlanta Divorce Law Group that are women, we tend to attract a lot of working women, business owner women. You know, we we have to be in the workforce and in our lives, we have to be quite a bit assertive. We have to make a lot of decisions. We have to move things forward. We have to step up as leaders. But at the home, if you're finding yourself frustrated because you're like, I, my husband's just not being a man or I can't find the man. I, who's going to take care of me? This is something we very often hear. <laughs> I take care of everybody who's going to take care of me. Is Just know that that male of that nature that you're looking for he will not want you to be any less powerful. You don't have to be the submissive, weak woman in order to attract them. He actually will probably find um, find it very attractive. Your self sense of self, your security, and even your power outside in the workforce. But when you come home to him, he wants to feel like he's the man. So you can do that everywhere else, but at home... How powerful could he feel if he's like, wow, this amazing, powerful woman chooses to surrender to me to protect and provide for her? And I think that's really cool. Thank you, Shauna. Thanks, Sarah. Thanks for listening to the Happily Ever After Divorce Podcast. If you'd like to learn more, go to atlantadivorcelawgroup.com forward slash resources. 